leaders out there today need to consider the value of building resilience in your people and your teams. Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives, and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. Welcome back to the Inspiring Leaders podcast brought to you by Ubiquity.coach. I'm your host and executive coach, Terry Lepovsky, and today I have a confession for you. During my 20-year career in corporate sales, there were a lot of times when I felt the heat and the pressure rising, and there were many times when I wished that I was a lot more resilient. I worked for the big telecom companies like Bell and Rogers, and then on to the IT company, Apple. I found out that working in B2B sales for large corporations can be a real pressure cooker. It doesn't matter what you've accomplished in the past, you're only as good as what you're closing today, so you can never take your foot off the gas. And as I rose through the ranks in those companies and I joined the management teams, the pressure only got worse. While I survived, and let's fast forward to today, I'm happy to say that we're fortunate to have with us an expert on the topic of resilient leadership. And I'm going to add that this is great that this episode is coming out right around Remembrance Day as our guest is a military veteran. Mike Coyle is the co-founder and vice president of Radical Ventures Canada. Mike specializes in connecting people, organizations, and ideas to create synergies while he challenges the status quo to find simple and sustainable solutions. He has over 25 years of experience in both the public and private sector, including, as I mentioned, 20 years in the armed forces, where he served as a senior officer for the Special Operations Forces. More recently, Mike's been involved in launching and growing three defense and security companies. Mike Coyle, thanks for joining us here on the Inspiring Leaders Show. Well, thanks so much, Terry. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you today. You're coming to us from the Netherlands, aren't you? I am. I live about 30 minutes outside of the city of Arnhem. For those veterans listening and those interested in military history, you'll recall that Arnhem was a e-figure place during the Second World War. That's pretty cool. I like the history lesson here, close to Remembrance Day. Let's begin things by throwing this opening question out to you, Mike. Who or what inspires you? It's a great question, Terry, and I can think of so many people that inspire me. I can tell you that I don't tend to get inspired by all of the big names. Sometimes I find it's hard to relate to the big names, the big leaders that are globally recognizable. The people that I tend to get inspired by are those that I'm with day in and day out. Those tend to be folks that I'm working with, as well as my family, my wife, my children. They inspire me each and every day and remind me of some of the key basics in life that we need to hold on to. We see inspiration all around us every day. I think it's a matter of what it is that we're looking for, isn't it? Absolutely. And for me, I think those that inspire me tend to have the quality of being able to see adversity, which is ever more present in our lives, is not just something that they need to get through, but they see it as an opportunity. You know, Mike, referring back to my opening comments, where were you when I was working in corporate sales? I could have used some advice from a guy like you, someone who knows about resilient leadership. It's interesting because the topic of resilient leadership and resilience has a fairly large handle. I think it's important to pin that down 
because it's often used in conjunction with words like perseverance or robustness. If we just look at that for a second here, perseverance is the idea of never giving up. The iconic picture you might see is someone trying to push that boulder up a hill and just never giving up. Yeah, Sisyphus. Yeah. And in contrast, robustness is this idea of not being vulnerable, kind of like a big medieval castle, something that prevents you from being harmed or from being affected. The idea of resilience is actually very interesting. It kind of presumes that you've actually suffered a little bit, that you have, through adversity, your level of performance has gone down, and it's really about your ability to bounce back from that. In terms of just understanding the differences between resilience, words like perseverance and robustness, hopefully that's helpful to start off with. That's a great place to start. I think it seems pretty clear that being a leader within Canada's special ops team qualifies in bringing out the expertise and resilience pretty quickly and pretty thoroughly. That's what I'm hoping that you can share with us. Give us an insider's perspective of some of the challenges that you faced and how it shaped your perspectives. If you don't mind, most importantly, what is it that we can do to become more resilient leaders if we are not those robust fortresses of impenetrable stone? That's going to be a lot to unpack. I think maybe just to start off with getting back to resilience, there's a few ideas that are important here. Sure. The idea of adversity versus stress. It's important to understand that stress is going to be part of our lives, whether it's an acute stress something that just happens in the moment or on the day, or whether it's chronic, that is kind of ever-present. And stress isn't necessarily a bad thing because it helps to focus our attention and actually helps us to optimize our performance, which is good. Adversity, in contrast, is when the accumulation of those stressors makes us fall down a little bit. Our performance suffers. What's interesting is resilience is the idea of being able to bounce back from adversity, but there's other possible outcomes. And I think that's really important to understand. One of them at the very worst case is that you could completely succumb to the adversity and never, never come back from that. Yeah. A second one, equally unfortunate, but not as severe, would be surviving with some level of impairments. So you never quite recover, and that adversity has permanently affected you. There's resilience, of course, which is getting back to that same level of performance. Probably the most important area that I'd like to focus on is the idea of building resilience, and that comes in thriving on the back end of adversity. So taking that adversity and turning it into an opportunity where you can learn and actually grow your resilience over time. So in that way, resilience is not something that you can just go to school on and read about and learn. It's kind of like a muscle and that in order to develop it, you necessarily need to have that adversity in your life and you need to be able to work through that adversity, particularly on the back end, to learn and grow from it in order to improve your level of performance and thrive. I like what you're talking about because it's not just armchair theorizing. You're talking about offering us some skillful means, ways of actually developing this. I like what you're saying about the fact that this comes out of adversity, because that's our lesson right there. 
we can always go back and at least take a look at what it is that we suffered through or that we've been through to find those opportunities within that situation. Yeah, for sure. And I think one of the other areas that I'd like to hit on is the difference between personal resilience and team resilience. Yeah. Personal resilience, looking at it from an individual's perspective, we know and the research tells us that personal resilience is rooted in three different areas. There's a psychological component to it, much about your mindset, and especially if you have a growth mindset, so you have the ability to see the adversity as an opportunity, and you don't let that drag you down. So that's a very important component. Another component is your physical well-being. Yeah. And then a third component, which is really interesting, is the social component. So this really relates to your social support networks. And maybe at a personal level, you might think of your social support networks as being your spouse, your partner, a close friend, a family member. But what's very interesting is to think about, okay, while that's true, a lot of people are working professionals and they work in organizations nine to five, day in and day out. So what does their social support network look like? That's where the team comes in. And that's a great springboard to talking about how important the team is in bolstering an individual's resilience. So those two ideas are linked there. And I think from my perspective, I've been extremely fortunate to have served in the Canadian Armed Forces and within our Canadian Special Operations community. What I learned during that time was really about the power of teams. When a high-performing team comes together, how powerful that can be in bolstering an individual's resilience, even through the most turbulent and volatile times. I think that's just what I'd like to offer. That's incredible. It's looking at it from a different perspective than I think most people would. I think most people would look at this as, how can I become more resilient? But you're right. It's not just about what I do mentally, making sure that I'm healthy from a physical perspective, but it's that support network around us. And we spend so much time at work. Let's face it, whether we feel that they're close to us or not, we all have an opportunity to support each other. Isn't that true? Oh, absolutely. And this is where resilience is becoming much, much more topical and coming to the mainstream past few years. And one of the reasons why is because of our environment. Our environment with globalization, with technology, with climate change, with all of these aspects is becoming increasingly volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. It's that VUCA environment that we're all living in. And what that is causing is an increase in the number of adverse situations that individuals, teams, and organizations, and indeed communities are going to be confronted with. So it's not avoiding failure or falling down. It's actually preparing for it, managing that situation when that's going on, and then learning how to make the most of it in terms of building resilience. But in terms of that relevance, it's never been more relevant for the business community and for communities writ large, just because of the nature of the environment. You alluded to something that I'm quite interested in. You talked a little bit about building resilience on a personal front, but you also talked about resilient leadership. Not just the resilient leader, but resilient leadership. Would you mind maybe expanding a little bit on those differences, the personal resilience versus the leadership perspective? Yeah, for sure. A resilient leader 
is not the same thing as resilient leadership. Yeah. The leadership is very much about influencing the motivations and the behaviors of others, and in particular, those on your team or in your organization towards a common objective. An individual's personal resilience has nothing to do with that. The idea of resilient leadership is instilling in the leader an appreciation of the importance of resilience, both at the personal level and at the team level, and having their leadership work towards maximizing the opportunity to build resilience when adversity does arrive. So a leader has a great influence on a team's environment and how they're going to work through or handle adversity. So the leader's ability to maximize the opportunity to learn from those events, to prepare the teams for adversity. And so increasingly, those teams have a mindset of not just seeing adversity again as something that they need to suffer through or work through, but they see it as an opportunity to learn and grow. So that's really what resilient leadership is and why it's so important to be talking about it. I uh, often refer to part of the responsibilities of a leader as setting the stage for the success of other people. But I think this goes even beyond that. It's not just setting the stage. This is also being the conductor, conducting the orchestra, making sure that people are in the right place, people are supporting each other in the right way, that the right mindset and culture is there. Any comments about that at all, Mike? It's a great discussion point. I'd almost go back to parenthood because I think parenthood can teach us a lot about resilient leadership. One of the things my wife reminds me of on a daily basis is that it's okay if our child falls off his or her bike and they get hurt because that's the way that they're going to learn by taking an approach where we're being helicopter parents or even snowplow parents removing all the adversity from our children's lives is actually not helping them. If we look at that at the family level and we translate that to the workplace, I think a resilient leader needs to assess the situation and understand when adversity is actually going to be helpful to his or her team and how they control the adversity and how they maximize the opportunity for growing. So instead of veering the team away, or the organization away from adversity, the right decision in some cases may be to go through that adversity and to really use that as an opportunity to learn and grow. Easier said than done. A lot of circumstances, I'm sure. That is incredible advice, something that I think everybody listening in now should take to heart. It's not easy because in many cases, it's counterintuitive, just like it would be for a parent to put their child potentially in harm's way. It's just not natural to want to do that, especially when we have all of these tools and technologies and ways of avoiding adversity. We sometimes have to remember that adversity has a very important purpose. And as leaders, we need to be able to step back to see the forest through the trees and to see how important that adversity is in building and growing that team. And being there as a support for people as they're going through it as well, and making sure that they realize that you've got their back. Absolutely. And I would say there's different things that resilient leadership might look like, and sometimes it would be useful to break it up in terms of phases and looking at behaviors of a team that are going on before adversity, during adversity, and on the back end of adversity. And the leader, the resilient leader, has some responsibility at each case in terms of 
what they're going to do, what they're going to promote, how they're going to act during these different phases that will have potentially a very positive impact on developing or bolstering a team's resilience. And I would say that probably the most important aspect or the most important behavior that I could offer, and it's not necessarily novel in any way, shape or form, but I know from experience and having served in many organizations, uh, both in public and private sectors, we just don't put enough time or effort into it. It's the process of debriefing and reflecting at the team level. So we're talking that group of people that work together on a day-to-day basis, those six to eight people of debriefing and reflecting upon experiences on the back end of it to really identify those lessons and to be able to work through. And often our debriefing and reflection, especially in the private sector, tends to focus on outcomes. Did we achieve this specific project deliverable or this milestone? How well did we perform this task? And unfortunately, it doesn't always focus on the actual team dynamics and performance. And a huge dimension of that learning is often lost. So I think as leaders get more familiar with this area, hopefully they are able to develop a more nuanced approach and can systematically move forward with debriefing and reflection as a key tool, but equally focusing on not just outcomes, but also team dynamics and soft behaviors. I think it's incredible advice. I think it's something that's going to help everybody. I'm thinking, Mike, that you pretty much answered my next question, and that is what advice you can offer to leaders. I think we've been doing that all the way along. Is there anything more that you want to add? I think leaders out there today need to consider the value of building resilience in your people and your teams. Every organizational context is unique. So you just can't apply rules without tailoring them to the environment. But really, what shape and form is that going to take? And then how are you going to set up your team so that they consistently transform adversity into an opportunity? Because in this global environment where the world is increasingly more complex and ambiguous, we need our teams and organizations to be adaptive and agile. And we need our organizations to be a learning organization. The advice I would offer to leaders is to think about that in those terms. Before we let you go, Mike, there's one more question I want to ask you. What does inspired leadership mean to Mike Coyle? Yeah, great question, Terry. I think that inspired leadership to me means I really get inspired by those small actions of the people I'm working with day in and day out that underscore and really epitomize the idea of transforming adversity into opportunity. I'll give you an example. In my own family, we just immigrated from Belgium to the Netherlands not long ago. So there's a new language, there's a new culture, there's new friends to be made. I have an incredibly brave 10-year-old daughter who just leaps in, understanding that she's going to be incredibly vulnerable in different situations, leaps in notwithstanding all of those factors that are going to create adversity for her, but she knows maybe not in the four, but intuitively she knows she needs to go through this because that's ultimately going to be the way that she becomes successful and rooted in this environment. Those are the types of things that I really get inspired by. Very good. There you have it, folks. More practical advice and invaluable perspectives from an incredibly inspiring leader. I know that your comments have helped me, and I know that they're going to help our listeners. So thank you for joining us here today in the Inspiring Leaders Show. 
and for taking time out of your busy day to share your insights today. Thank you, Terry. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today, and I hope your listeners enjoy our discussion. Thank you to all of our listeners as well for tuning into our interview with Mike Coyle from Reticle Ventures. We hope that you're getting a ton of value from every episode, but if there's ever anything that you want us to cover, please feel free to connect with us at infoubiquity.coach. Or you can leave us a comment on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or TuneIn. That's it for today, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Take care and bye for now.